friends. You're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren, and I'm so thankful that you are back for another episode. Today, we are going to dive into three reasons that your Etsy shop is not as successful as you would like. I get the opportunity to talk with a lot of people about Etsy in my Facebook group and in email and in real life because people know that I sell on Etsy and so they want to talk to me about Etsy. And one of the things that I hear a lot from people is that they're having trouble with their st- their store or they're having trouble getting started or they're just not quite where they want to be with it. And this is probably true in every aspect of business. Any business owner that you talk to, I think a lot of times people will say that they're not quite where they want to be because we're always trying to grow our businesses and grow our revenue, grow our profits, all of those things. So just the mere fact that people are saying that they're not quite as successful as they want to be doesn't mean that there's necessarily anything wrong with what they're doing. But I wanted to address these three reasons because I do see a lot of people who have Etsy shops that aren't really gaining any traction. And there's a difference between being early in your journey and not having a whole lot of success yet because you're just getting started and you're just getting your feet under you and you recognize that it does take a little bit of time to get that momentum rolling and to have the success that you're looking for. So there's a difference between that and to say I've been selling on Etsy for a year or two years or five years and it's not really going anywhere. I don't really have any consistent sales or my sales are declining or whatever. So that is what we're going to be diving into today reasons why this could be happening and why your shop is not taking off in the way that you want and having that success that you are striving after. First, before we dive into that, I want to read the spotlight review of the week. This review comes from Camilla Jean and it's titled Found It. She says, so glad that she's doing this. I just love how she supports people going through this journey on Etsy. Super excited to stay tuned and see what happens here on Crickets Chichichings. Plus, what a cute name. Thank you so much to Camilla Jean for leaving a review on iTunes. And if you are enjoying this podcast and you're enjoying the information that we're putting out there and working hard on, I would so, so greatly appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It helps other Etsy sellers to find this podcast and it helps me to continue to grow the community and to grow the podcast as well. All right, so let's dive into those top three reasons. Let's start with number one. You don't have enough eyes on your products. Part of the problem a lot of times is that people just simply don't have the numbers 
of visitors and views to their products that is going to actually translate into sales of their items. Sales is a number game. It's going to always have a huge portion of people who look at your products but don't buy. That is normal in the industry. It's normal with everything. There is going to be a huge amount, a huge percentage of people who come into your shop, they view your items, and they don't buy. When we talk about this, we talk about conversion rates, which is the rate that somebody is coming in and buying, the percentage of overall visitors versus the number of people who actually buy. So if you have 100 people come into your shop and only one of them makes a purchase, you have around a 1% conversion rate. 1% of the people convert from window shoppers to actual buyers. Typically on Etsy, especially for newer shops, that conversion rate is around 1%. So you would have to have around 100-ish visitors to your shop every single day to make one sale per day. So when you're looking at your numbers and you're looking at your stats and your views and your visitors and all of that, look at how many people are actually coming to your shop every day. How is this going to happen? How are you going to increase the eyes on your products so that you can, understanding that only around 1% of those people are probably going to buy, how are you going to increase your traffic in order to drive more traffic to your shop so that more people see your products and more people have the opportunity to purchase? The first thing I would tell you to do is to put up more listings. I know that this is pretty common advice on Etsy, and a lot of people say that the magical number of listings is 100. I actually don't think that that's true. I don't think it's necessary to have 100 listings. I think that a lot of times what happens is that by the time somebody gets to 100 listings, they've been selling on Etsy for a while. They've had some pretty consistent sales, and so their sales start to pick up just because of that. I don't think there's anything magical about 100. However, I do think that it's important to have enough listings that your shop looks full, it looks professional, people have options, you're able to direct them between between listings back and forth if they are looking for something different. So for example, I always recommend to people that within the description of your listing, you can add a hyperlink to another Etsy listing. So let's say you have a t-shirt that has a pink kitten on it. This is just a random example, but a t-shirt with a pink kitten on it. And you're marketing it as a little girl's kitten shirt. Rather than have that little girl's kitten shirt and that's it, you can also add a link in your listing to link to the boy version of that one. So probably a boy mom is not going to buy a pink kitten shirt, but maybe you have a blue kitten shirt. And so you can add a link in the description that says, for more options, click here for the whole collection, or for more kitten options, click here, or for the blue version for boys, click here. I did this when I used to do a lot of burp cloth sets with twin sets. I had a lot of twin sets that people had asked me to create. And sometimes I would have them be for boy-girl twins, but then I would have a link to say if you have two girls or a link if you have two boys or whatever. And so if they found that listing through the search, then they could click on the link that was in the listing to have more options. 
Another way of doing this is to list your different categories. So say you make jewelry and in your listing for a pair of earrings, you also say if you would like coordinating necklaces, if you would like coordinating bracelets, if you would like more earring options, etc. You can put just the link to the individual categories that you have of products. And that way it, it causes people to engage with your listings more. Maybe the one that they happen to click on didn't catch their interest or didn't pique their interest enough to make them buy it, but you allow them to have other options still within your store so that they're not going on to a different Etsy shop to find other options. Another way to expand more listings and to get more eyes on your products is to create items for friends and family. Create samples of things, create gifts to give away, and take pictures of every single one in as many ways as you can to expand those listings. You can also create mock-ups for digital items or create examples of what you can make. When I first got started, I didn't want to spend a whole lot of time stitching out random burp claws that I was just going to throw away or to give away a huge amount of burp claws to friends and family and stuff. So one of the ways that I did it was to take a little piece of fabric. It was just a piece of white fabric and I would stitch the design onto the white fabric. Then I would lay that piece of white fabric with the design on it onto a burp cloth or a t-shirt or whatever I was going to ultimately be selling, whatever the product was that I was going to put this design on. And I would basically Photoshop it in to that product. Now, I have almost no technology skills and no Photoshop. It actually wasn't even in Photoshop. It was in iPhoto on a Mac. And my technical abilities are very, very limited. So I think that if I can do this, probably anybody can do it. It saves me a huge amount of money because I was able to buy a design like an embroidery file or whatever I was um, making and then add that design to a burp cloth or make it look like I had added the design to the burp cloth without actually having to waste that burp cloth or to donate it or give it away to a friend or whatever. So I could expand my options in my shop without having a huge amount of costs. It also gave me the added benefit of testing out the different designs and testing out different patterns and color combinations and stuff ahead of time. So think of creative ways that you can make more listings and make more prototypes, make more samples without just having a huge amount of money invested in inventory that you're then just giving away to people because that can get kind of disheartening and it can get kind of expensive. The next biggest reason why I see people have shops on Etsy that are not taking off or they're not having the consistent sales that the person is wanting to have is that they just don't have products that people want. This is a really hard one for me to talk about um, because I never like to be the person to discourage somebody from making something that they like to make or to discourage them from their creative outlet. But some products just do have a wider net of people who are going to be interested in them. And we talked about this in the last episode, episode number 18, about kind of how to latch onto those trends and the popular things in society and in culture and to make them your own for your products and your shops. 
But if you are making products that are not selling and you're not sure why, I want you to take a a little bit of time and to really look at this and to really say, what is holding people back? Is it merely a matter of not having enough traffic to your shop? Or is it that you have plenty of traffic to your shop or you have a decent number of traffic to your shop and people just are not making the decision to purchase? What is holding them back? And is this something that people are going to be interested in on a broad enough scale that you can see some success online? Now, a lot of times people will say, I think my products are just too expensive, or I think that my competition is cheaper, or I think that I'm underpriced. But oftentimes, there's something bigger at play than just the money side of it. I really and truly believe that pricing is not what people make a decision on most of the time. It may be one minor factor, but it's not the be-all, end-all that people think that it is. You can sell expensive items on Etsy, and you can sell items that are way more expensive than your competitor's item, as long as you understand who you're trying to appeal to and who you're trying to attract with that higher-priced item. It's going to be a higher-end customer. So how are you going to appeal to that person? Is it through your images? Is it through your branding? Is it through your social media community? Is it through your packaging and how you wrap it as a gift and you write a beautiful gift note? Or it's through your photography that's styled and looks like it came straight out of a magazine? How are you appealing to this higher-end customer that makes them feel confident purchasing this item even though one of your competitors maybe has a cheaper item? I also think it's important when you're looking at whether or not you have something that is appealing to people or you have a product that people want to look at your competition. And I don't mean to look at your competition so that you can do exactly what they're doing, but I think that it's important to look at what your competition is doing so that you can have a general idea of the price point of what people are making and the other products that buyers have the option of buying when they're comparing the two. I have had students in the past who would tell me all of the ways that their product was so much better than what their competitor was doing and that theirs was one of a kind on Etsy um, and it was it was unique to the market for all of these different reasons. But the reasons that they were talking to me about or the reasons that they were highlighting made their product way, way more labor intensive to create and thus it made a much more expensive product. And they were still trying to appeal to the same customer who maybe was not really appreciating the value of what was in that product because of the time difference. So if you have a product like that that's going to be higher end because it's a lot more labor intensive and it's a lot more expensive to make, you have to figure out a way to appeal to the buyer that's interested in that and also to understand that that is going to be a more limited market. If you sell, for example, children's clothing and you want to sell a little girl dress for $90, 
you have to understand that that is going to have a smaller market than, let's say, a $25 address. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having products that don't have that mass market appeal. As long as you understand what you're getting into in doing that, that you're not going to be able to sell hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of $90 little girl dresses, probably. And that it's going to be a harder sell when you come up in the search results and yours is $90 and somebody else that's making something kind of similar but not exactly similar and you understand all the reasons that they're different, but your buyer maybe doesn't necessarily understand all the reasons that they're different and that person is selling theirs for $25, it's going to put you in a position of competition that doesn't necessarily make it easy for you to sell. Again, I do think that you can sell those higher end items. I don't think that it means that you're never going to sell them, but I want to set your expectations for what that's going to look like when you have an item that has competitors that are way, way cheaper than you. And I have talked extensively about my own products and how I do have competitors that are cheaper than me and that undersell me in the products that I make. But the difference is it's it's not by very much. You know, maybe there's a couple dollars difference, maybe five dollars difference, something like that. But if you have a product like my example that is a $25 dress versus a $90 dress, that's a much larger price difference between the two. And it's going to be harder to compete in that kind of market. The third thing I want to talk about if your Etsy shop is not as successful as you would like for it to be is that you are keeping yourself down. I'm going to give you a little bit of tough love for just a second. Please know that this comes from a place of truly understanding where people on both sides of this are coming from. But I just have to say that not everybody out there wants to put in the work to make their Etsy shop a business. Not everyone wants to create products that will be appealing as a business. And not everyone wants to take it seriously. A hobby, having a hobby, having a creative hobby is a great thing. But Having a hobby mindset is not going to become a business just naturally. It is very unlikely that you're going to just put stuff up on Etsy, not really take it seriously. You don't really care what happens and it's just going to take off and become this wildly successful business and you're going to be able to do a great job with that and life is going to be grand. And I see it all the time with people that I talk to about Etsy that They don't actually really want to, deep down, they don't want to make it a business. They kind of think it's a cool idea or kind of think it could be fun, but they're not actually interested in putting in the work that it takes to make a business. Some of that, I think, has to do with what we're exposed to on social media. I think that a lot of times we have expectations that don't really meet up with the reality of what it looks like to build a business because you're seeing on social media people who are many, many years into their business. And so then they're talking about how easy it is and how they're making more money and working less time and all of this. And I'm going to put myself in that category. I try very hard not to project that image on social media, not to say that it's easy or that it's just like swimming in the money and you never have to work and I'm sitting at the beach and I don't have to do anything and life is so amazing. 
because that's not the reality of it, but that is what is uh, projected onto social media a lot. And so I think when people dive into actually building a business, it's like, wait a second, this is really, really hard and not that fun and not glamorous at all. And so they kind of have an idea of like, this would be fun. I wish I could make a full-time income working from home, or I wish my Etsy shop would take off and I would have $5,000 a month in revenue or whatever, but they don't actually want to do the work to make it a business. And sometimes I think that there are also people who really do want to make it a business, but they have these limiting beliefs in their minds about what that looks like for them and what it, being a business owner and being an entrepreneur and being a work-at-home mom or a work-at-home entrepreneur will mean for their life. When I have students come into Etsy Roadmap to Success or to watch my master class and to learn about the program and stuff, I have an equal number of students tell me that they're afraid of failing on Etsy. They're afraid that they won't ever be able to be successful and also tell me that they're afraid of success. They're afraid of what that looks like. It's an equal split between those two. You would think that most people would just be afraid of failing, but I have a significant number of people who tell me that they're afraid of success. Although they don't usually word it like that, usually it comes in the form of they're afraid they'll get too busy, they're afraid they won't be able to keep up with orders, they're afraid that it will be distracting for their family, they're afraid of having to work all the time and of drowning in orders and not being able to spend the time to be able to do it. And I get that. And I've actually been in that position. So I can totally understand that. But the thing about being an entrepreneur and the thing about owning your own business and and all of that is that you have control over it. If that were to happen, if you get to the point where you are drowning in orders, you're able to step back and say, I don't want to work this much and I'm going to raise my prices and I'm going to put it on vacation mode and I'm going to do all of these things that are going to slow down the orders. So while I understand that fear of success or that fear of it sort of taking over your life, I also think at the same time that it can be kind of a cop-out of like, I don't want to get started because I'm afraid that it'll just take over my life. And there's a lot of life that happens between getting started and getting so busy that it takes over your life. And there's a lot of readjustments that you can do in between those two to make sure that that doesn't happen. So what I want you to do, your sort of takeaway action point with this, is to figure out what your goals really are and then dedicate yourself to those goals and chase after those goals. And I say this all the time, but I'm going to reiterate it again. It is not my job to tell you what your goals are. Your goal could be to have $100 a month in sales. Your goal could be to have $500 a month or $1,000 or $5,000 or $10,000. That's not my place to tell you. And I do get that question a lot, especially 
when the doors open to Etsy Roadmap to Success, people will ask me, is this course still going to benefit me if I don't want to have a full-time job? I don't want to have a full-time income. I just want a consistent part-time income. And the answer to that is yes, because it's not my job to tell you what that goal is. It's my job to help you reach your goal, whatever that looks like for you, whether that is $100 a month, whether that is $500 or $5,000. My job is to help you get there and to help you get there without the confusion and the overwhelm and the frustration and to get there as fast as you can. But it's not to project goals onto you to say, if you're selling $100 a month, you should be selling $500 a month. Or, you know, if you're selling $500, you should be selling $1,000. That's not my job. And that's never, ever my goal for the business or for Creative Mom Boss. So I want you to spend some time to think about what your goals really are and to think about what that looks like for you. And then to dedicate yourself to chasing after those goals and actually achieving them without allowing your mindset or your limiting beliefs to get in the way. I kind of liken it to running. I'm a runner. Well, I don't know if I would say I'm a runner, but I run sometimes. And this year I've actually, I already did a half marathon in April and I'm training for another one in October. And I kind of see this business fumbling around the same way that I would see training for a marathon. It's like somebody saying, I want to run a marathon, but then they never do any training for it. Or they take their dog for a walk for 20 minutes a day and they're expecting that to be their training for a marathon. If you want to run a marathon, which would be the equivalent of building a business and becoming an entrepreneur with a sustainable, successful business, You have to do the training to run that marathon. If all you want to do is walk your dog for 15 minutes a day, that's totally fine. But you're not going to be able to run a marathon and only train by walking your dog 15 minutes a day. Hopefully that makes sense for the non-runners out there. But building a business online and building a business in general, even not online, is definitely a marathon. It is not an easy job. It is not something that happens overnight, and it's not necessarily always fun. But just like running a marathon, I would imagine, I've never run a full marathon, but I would imagine that there is a huge amount of accomplishment in that and to chase after those goals and then actually get there and get to the point that you say, wow, I'm really proud of this business that I built or I'm really proud of the fact that I've done what I set out to do, regardless of what that actual goal is, is so important and it is so, so rewarding. I hope this episode has been helpful for you as you move forward with your Etsy shop and you kind of figure out a way to pivot and readjust if you're not having the success that you want to have or you're not having the sales and the consistent viewers and conversions that you're striving to have in your shop. If you want to continue this discussion, I would love to have you join the private Facebook group Etsy Roadmap by Lauren Keplinger. You can go to creativemomboss.com forward slash Facebook and request to join. I usually approve those requests multiple times a day, so it shouldn't take very long at all for you to be approved. We would love to have you join us and love to have your thoughts on this episode as well as any other episodes. 
Thank you again for joining in and I will see you next week. Bye for now.